testimony. Um, all right, so this is good to be with you this morning. I've enjoyed the service so far. And uh, this message, in some ways, doesn't quite feel done because I don't really have an introduction for it. I'll just say that the subject is, is the faithfulness of God to His people. And we'll talk about how God's faithfulness is absolute, first of all, and then we'll look at several different ways in which He is faithful to His people, to His children. So that's kind of all I have for introduction. I want to start off here in 2 Timothy chapter 2. You can start turning there. And uh, so the first kind of foundational element here to this message is just the idea that that God is absolutely faithful. And when I say the word absolutely, I'm not using it like we often do in expressions. We say something is absolutely true or, you know, somebody would, would um, say, ask me, should I put whipped cream on my oatmeal? I would say absolutely. But that is not really an absolute truth. It depends on... Um, who you are and whether you're lactose intolerance or other factors. We tend to use the word absolutely in that way, but this morning when I talked about God being absolutely faithful, I mean it in the sense that it is an absolute truth that's not going to change. Water, for example, is three parts hydrogen and one part oxygen, H2O, and that is an absolute truth. That's, that's, it doesn't matter what you think about water, whether you like it or whether you're scared of it or you uh, don't like drinking water or whatever, or even if you think it could possibly be H2O2, which isn't water, it's hydrogen peroxide. Water is two parts hydrogen and one part oxygen. That is absolutely true. And in the same way, it is absolutely true that God is faithful. It is an absolute truth. There is no circumstance or factor that will change that. So in 2 Timothy chapter 2, there's this phrase here in verse 11 where Paul says, This thing is trustworthy. And that's his way of saying this is an absolute truth. This saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And so the, the faithfulness of God is absolutely faithful in and um, bringing out his, carrying out his promises to those who trust him. He is also faithful in bringing judgment on those who reject him. And the children of Israel presented with blessings and potential for judgment. And God said, if you obey, you will be blessed. And if you don't, you will experience judgment. And God was faithful. When they were obedient, he was faithful. When they were disobedient, he was faithful. So no matter how people behave, God will always be faithful. Because it has nothing to do with, it doesn't depend on, on any circumstance or people 
God himself. It is who God is. Uh, the phrase that I would like to especially zero in on here this morning is the um, expression, the statement, if we endure, we will also reign with him. Uh, this sermon has been incubating for uh, several, maybe over a month, because I, I was expecting to preach in July and I started working on it. And then we ended up having a combined service of chapel, so I didn't have to preach then. And um, Jason Johnson took my other preaching assignment at chapel. So, um, so it's, it's been, I don't know if incubating is a good word or not for this, but it's been kind of in my head for a while. I knew I was going to use some of these passages. But whenever I thought about this message, I, I thought about it in terms of this phrase, if we endure, we will also reign with him. That's just how I thought about this sermon. But it was sort of a part that kind of stuck with me. More than anything. Uh, I think partly it's because it's a, it's a very striking kind of promise. Uh, I don't know what reigning with God looks like, what all that means. But it tells me that God does have a, a plan for us. Uh, it is within. It's a future um, that is beyond generous. And the other part of that is, if God is absolutely faithful, and He is, then this is the kind of statement that ought to get us through pretty much anything. If we endure, we will reign with Him. The other part of that statement that I appreciate is that it uses the word endure, which suggests that the Christian life isn't always a walk in the park. You don't say endure about something like a slice of key lime pie. I don't have to endure pie. I don't have to endure a Sunday afternoon nap. But the Christian life, yeah, I mean, even though it has lots of blessings and wonderful uh, experience walking with Jesus, it does call for endurance. It is often a difficult journey, and Paul wrote this in the middle of uh, difficulty he was experiencing here in Second Timothy. In fact, you'll see there in, in uh, the beginning of chapter 2 is all about being a, a faithful soldier, um, ready to endure hardship. And he talks about an athlete and hardworking farmers, and so on. It's called to endurance. So what we've established so far is just that God is absolutely faithful. He will carry out His promises. And what we're going to look at next is several ways in which He is faithful, not just in a eternal reward sense, but also in a in a getting us to there sense. Uh, he is not just faithful in rewarding us if we endure, he is also faithful in making sure that we can endure. So God is absolutely faithful and with regard to us, he is First of all, absolutely faithful in guarding us. Let's, let's turn to Second Thessalonians chapter three. 
I've got two passages here that talk about God's faithfulness with regard to guarding us against the evil one. God is faithful in guarding us. So, Second Thessalonians chapter three, verses one through five. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. So these verses talk about evil and wicked men, and also they talk about the evil one, who is Satan. And the prayer request that is put forth in verses 1 and 2 is that Paul and his companions may be delivered from evil men. But you'll notice there's a possibility that they won't be. However, when you get to verse 3, Paul makes an absolute statement, which is that the Lord is faithful, and He will do this. He will establish you, or strengthen you, and guard you against the evil one. So that tells us that God's children are guarded against the attacks of Satan, against the evil one. Um, that, you know, that reason all on its own, and if you're going to make a list of reasons to be a Christian, that, that reason all on its own, would, I think, would make the case just uh, to, to have God's protection against the attacks of Satan. Uh, makes me feel sorry for all those people who don't belong to God and don't have that 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 shield. Um, Peter said something similar in First Peter chapter one. He tells the readers that they are by God's power guarded through faith. So these things tell me that Satan is is limited in how he can attack us. Have you ever wondered how many times God has told Satan, no, on your behalf? And we, only see, we only see what God allows, obviously, but I had to wonder about that. And I was reading that, how many times has God said, no, Satan, you can't do that. I'm not going to allow that. How often does that happen? I bet if we could see that side of the story, we'd be a, a lot more thankful and uh yeah, maybe we'd be more more appreciative of, of this aspect of being a Christian. First Corinthians chapter ten, fifteen, don't have to turn here because you notice these verses. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape. That you may be able to endure it. Again. The, the phrase, if we endure, we will reign with Him. And God is doing His part to make sure that we can endure. 
Christians will always have the ability to endure because of the faithfulness of God. He won't allow Satan to make it impossible for us to endure. And maybe sometimes it feels like we can't keep on going, but it is always a viable option. Endurance. God is faithful. So the recap for that little piece is that God is faithful in guarding His children, and that's the first way He makes sure we can endure. He, he does want us to reign with Him. So He is, he is being faithful in guarding us, filtering the attacks that Satan would launch at us. Obviously, He allows some of them, maybe many of them, but I think He says no to many of them and doesn't allow them. The second way in which God is faithful to us as children is in forgiving us. So if you turn to First John chapter 1, this is the message starting in verse 5. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. When I read these verses, it's helpful, me, helpful to me to think about who wrote them, uh, which was, uh, that man was the Apostle John, who was the disciple that Jesus loved, especially. And um, so he walked with Jesus, he followed Jesus, and after Jesus went to heaven, John was faithful for many years, and this is probably written maybe 60 years later, maybe 30 years later, quite a bit later. And he is elderly, and um, he is a mature Christian and probably we would all be inspired by him and his witness and his maturity and his walk with God. Okay? That's the man who wrote this. And in verse 8, he says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. So he's saying, let's just be honest. And he's including himself. If we say we have no sin, yeah, we're just liars. Because the, the truth is, we do have sin, and we need regular washing uh, from the blood of Jesus. We need to confess. We need to experience that forgiveness. And it can be counted on. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. And it impresses me that, that God's Absolute faithfulness connects exactly at the point where we are not faithful. Isn't that amazing? To forgive, forgive us of our sins. He will forgive 
those who confess and repent. Even in the Old Testament, there, there are some powerful accounts of people, wicked men, humbling themselves before God and confessing, and God is moved. Uh, there's even an account with Ahab where he did something like that. Uh, Manasseh is, is even a better story because his, his repentance was more complete than, than Ahab's was. But uh, Manasseh, you know, he led Judah into to, um, incredible evil, worse than what the nations were doing before Israel got there, that the nations that Israel, that God had destroyed because of their evil wickedness. Manasseh sacrificed his own sons as burnt offerings to the god Molech. And the, and the Bible said that God warned him. I seen through the prophet. He spoke to Manasseh, but he did not listen. So the Assyrian army came. Here comes judgment. God is faithful. And here came the Assyrian army and hauled him off and put him in prison in Babylon. And you would think that's the end of the story, but it is not. In Second Chronicles 33, it says, And when he was in distress, which sure any of us would have been, be regarded by the Assyrians, not that uh, gentle, not known for gentle treatment. When he was in distress, he entreated the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself gravely before the God of his fathers. And, and you could say, well, you had so many chances to do that already, Manasseh. But here he is. He humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. He prayed to him. And God was moved by his entreaty and heard his plea and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. I, I don't know how God did all of that, but he brought Manasseh back from Babylon and he became king again in Judah. And he, and he was different after this. He, he uh, the rest of his reign, I don't remember all the details, but I know there was a different there was a change in his administration. So it's not, it's not so much the, uh, how bad we've been, I can put it in very frank terms, it's, it's about our willingness to confess and humble ourselves and repent. God is faithful to forgive. The only caveat that I'm aware of is when we refuse to forgive others. So that, that's there. But so long as we are humble and repentant, He will forgive us. Uh, we can't undo what we did, but God can bring healing and restoration and show us a way forward from here. And that's really important for us as believers to, to be aware of and to be and, and to uh, feel confidence about God's ability to take us forward. I think of what the author of Lamentations was saying in chapter 3, the middle of destruction, all around him. He finds hope in, the, in these reflections that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So God is absolutely faithful in forgiving His children. This is another way in which God makes sure that we can endure. 
and makes it possible for us to to receive our eternal reward from the daily work of the blood of Jesus. Okay, the, the third way in which God is faithful, and I wasn't sure quite how to put this one. I, I just I'll just say God is absolutely faithful in continuing His work in us. Uh, or you could say in completing us, or sustaining us, or getting us across the finish line, maybe. Uh, you could turn to First Corinthians chapter 1, or to start off here. I am thankful that God is not like I am sometimes when it comes to projects, which I am pretty good at starting projects. But I can sometimes struggle in finishing them. Uh, for example, the the hallway in our house, the hallway, really has needed to be painted for quite a while. I mean, basically since we moved in, and and but it needs some prep work. And for whatever reason, I just every time I start on that project, I don't finish. And I've started it several times multiple times over the last seven years, and it still has not gotten painted. So what happens, I work on it, and then it, and I get distracted or something else comes up. And then, you know, it's just hard to kind of, kind of lost the zeal for getting back into this, into this project. And so a year goes by, and then we have company coming. We have got to get that hallway painted. And so the whole cycle starts over again. And that is not, that's not how God works. He does not stop working in the lives of his children. He doesn't get distracted or lose interest. First Corinthians chapter 1, I'll read verses 4 through 9. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as a testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift, as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful, He will sustain you. Uh, but the Corinthians were, you know, the kind of project that I would probably have quit working on. And to be fair, I probably am that kind of project. But, but Paul is confident that uh, they will be sustained and presented guiltless at the coming of Jesus. That was 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 through 9. The next verses I need to read come from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Probably know these by heart. Thessalonians 5, verses 23 and 24. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. And you notice both of those passages connected God's call to his faithfulness. Uh, God, the, the God who called us to himself, 
will be faithful in fulfilling the purpose of that calling. That, that calling had a point, and he's going to accomplish it. So he's going to continue his work in us. He won't stop. Although we can definitely get in the way of progress, we can definitely hinder God's work. Okay? But he will keep chipping away at our flaws and weak points. I like to think about it in terms of another project that I have going on in my house right now and which I will finish. But it is a pressure washing on sidewalks and concrete pads and other things around there. And um, I know I'm going to finish it because I enjoy it, actually. But I decided I'm not going to do it all at once. So I, I just I just hooked up the pressure washer, the hose is hooked up, the water's on. In fact, it, it's an electric pressure washer. I just leave it plugged in. Probably shouldn't leave it outside in the rain. But anyway, uh, so what I do is I, you know, I work on a, on a piece of sidewalk and, you know, get it working a couple feet or maybe I'll do 10 feet in a day or maybe just a couple feet in a day. But I don't do it all at once. I keep chipping away at it. And I find it kind of therapeutic. So, you know, in the, when, when I've been studying or need a break from coding or whatever, you know, I'll go out and flip on the pressure washer and work away another couple more feet. And, and, and the neat thing is there's such an obvious difference. You can see where it's been and where it's not been. I had no idea how much uh, brownish green gunk was on our sidewalks. I mean, I thought it was just, I thought they were just kind of dark colored sidewalks to begin with, and it turns out they really aren't. So, um, it's not done yet, but you can definitely see the progress, and, and the pressure washer does make a difference. And, and the sidewalks were worse off than I thought, and maybe sometimes we're worse off than we thought. But God keeps working on us and keeps making progress. And, um, and he's going to, I don't know how this all works out, but he is going to bring it to completion at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't mean we, we can afford to be careless or lazy. We do need to be serious about growing in godliness. But if that is our, our desire, uh, we will grow. Philippians 1.6 says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. For God is faithful in continuing his work in his children. <clears throat> So just to recap what I'm trying to say this morning is that, that God is absolutely faithful. He is faithful in forgiving, in guarding, and in continuing His transforming work in us. And so when you look at a promise like, if we endure, we will reign with Him, uh, we can be sure that not only is God going to fulfill that promise, if we endure, but he's also right now working to make sure we can endure. He's working in our lives to make that happen. So I think the, the correct way to respond is to respond to this and to sum this up is probably the verse in Hebrews ten twenty three that says, 
Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And where I would like us to be, a challenge for all of us and for me this morning is for us not to be uh, smug or lazy or coasting uh, Christians. Now, that's not what I'm calling us to, but I do want us to be uh, confident and, and motivated and uh, intentional about how we live life because we know that God will be faithful to deliver on his promises. And he's, he's not going to quit on us. He's going to continue this work in us. And he knows what he is doing. So we can rely on his faithfulness. God bless you.